Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. Welcome back, team, to the best podcast known to women on the internet. I was going to say best podcast known to man, but it's best podcast known to women, really. Um, but there probably is some men that listen out there, maybe. I mean, I still get questions. I doubt it. I don't know. I, man, I still get questions. Recently, I've still got a few questions from some <coughs> men like, hey, no, you don't work with men, but could I ask you a question? Because you just popped up. <laughs> I'm like, sure. So you never know. How are you? The thing is, like, what what we speak about is still very applicable to men. But yeah. I, I think the only the only call that probably isn't applicable to men is when we talk about like female fat loss optimization and menstrual cycle and those type of things. But every other podcast, like whether it be so last week's we talked about training, whether it be talking about like banking your calories for social events, like still still same rules apply. So for any men that is out there or are out there listening to this, stick around. You might learn something. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I think the thing is, is that there's, there, yeah, there's so much misinformation out there that ultimately I think it's quite hard to find some sort of, like, honestly, mate, recently, geez, Louise, some of the stuff that I've seen online is it, I don't know why it always pops up now. You kind of go through stages. I used to see loads of it and then I went through stages of seeing it. But honestly, it's 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 actually worrying sometimes as to some of the things that you see people say in regards to like what you should cut out, what you should do, what you should try, what works, what doesn't work when it comes to losing weight. And then I kind of think, no wonder the world is so confused about what to do because there's literally things popping up. And this is, I think, the sad thing about it is that everyone is so desperate to change their situation because the pain of the sta- pain of staying the same is so high that they want to make this change that when something suddenly pops up, because everything else has, a, has kind of let us down in the past, that we just jump on this one thing, right? Something else pops up and said, this is the best thing. This is the best thing. You know, I saw a supplement that was meant to um, help increase your metabolism, reduce your cravings for carbs and something else, right? And it literally was just a lot of crap, obviously, as you can imagine. But I was like, how? And I literally looked at it. I was like, how many women or even men have watched this and seen this advert and have bought it and have literally just made no other changes to their food, their habits, their behaviors, taking this one supplement that says, if you take this, you will lose weight. It'll increase your metabolism, reduce your cravings. You're into a winner. And they haven't lost any weight. All they've done is lost 35 pounds in their pocket. And that, that unfortunately, yeah. is, is marketing is, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, unfortunately. And, and so those of you that are listening, be careful of adverts out there because they are dangerous and save you money. There's, um, <clears throat> I'm part of this, uh, like, network group on uh, Facebook. And inside of this group, um, <laughs> dog poo bags. Um, inside of this group, there is, uh, there's like all of these different marketers, right? Now the group's quite good because you can kind of, like people use like tips and tricks and stuff like that. But there's one marketer that put a post up the other day and he said about, he's an affiliate marketer. And then I saw in the, he was asking a question about affiliate marketing and what he needs to be doing next. 
And he was basically saying that he's like this year alone so far, he's made $200,000 in commission sales. And someone put in the comments, oh, what's the product that you're market affiliation to? And it was something called Lean Belly Juice, which is like a supplement, like you were saying. Lean. I'm then- sorry, but someone needs a medal for coming up with the name of that supplement, Lean Belly Juice. <laughs> yeah, so it's called Lean Belly Juice. And they were like, oh, okay, so what, what platform are you advertising it on? And he was like, usually I use Facebook ads, um, YouTube ads, stuff like that. However, this year... He was like, because of the rise in TikTok, he's actually been able to go like 100% organic with what he does. So he basically created this TikTok page and all he does is repurpose and shares people's uh, viral videos that are talking about like metabolism, like you said, talk about basically all of these things. And he's got an affiliate link in his bio saying like the catchy headline of like lean belly juice, drop so-and-so. Yeah. But he's been, he's basically then got like transformations of people and basically like edit them in a way to look like the lean belly juice has done it. Mad. It's bad, Yeah, so the the crazy thing is, right, so that's £200,000 in 2023 alone in commission sales. So that's commission sales. That's not even in like total sales. That's a lot of money. It's mad. But this is the thing, isn't it? Is it's like... It's, it's just morals. Man. The, the thing is that it comes down to morals, right? When you're marketing in the fitness industry and weight loss products, you could make so much money and these companies do. Prime example, all they've done is basically just use other people's transformations, edit it in a way that they know, one, it's going to go viral because they've taken viral transformations. They edit it in a way that it's going to push this supplement that's called Lean Belly Juice. People are so desperate to change that they will literally try it. And this is the worrying thing is that like it's only going to get worse because the obesity of the world is getting worse, right? We've got more processed foods than ever. They're being pumped. They're being made in such good concoctions of fat and carbohydrates that they're becoming very highly palatable. They're very easily accessible and they're very, very cheap to make. So they're very affordable for the majority of people around the world. That then we get ourselves in this sticky situation as then we want to make a change. But then ultimately, just like everything in life, right? We realize that time is of the essence. We so much don't want to be in the situation that we're in and we're looking for the quickest and shortest route to get out of the situation that we're in that we become desperate. And ultimately, the marketing in the fitness industry is just prying on desperate people because the majority of people that are wanting to lose a few pounds, I guarantee don't buy stuff like that. The people that want to lose 50 to 100 pounds where it impacts their life, it's impacting their health, their mental health, they're not able to live the life that they want and they're very much dictated daily by the weight that they have gained, they're the people that are going to buy it. So you're literally prying on people that are in that sticky situation. You're prying on their weaknesses. It's horrendous. It is horrendous. Anyway. Did you see see the email that we got the other day? So I put basically, for context, I put an email the other day. So we've just started up this um, new fat loss group, little plug here, Frictionless Fat Loss. Mm. And if you want access to it, drop Ryan a DM or myself a DM just saying Frictionless Fat Loss and we'll send you over the link. But anyway, so I put out an email today and in uh, in today, um, before, 
And in the email, it basically said why we've created this group, who this group is for and who this group is not for. Mm -hmm. And in the not for, I put people that are looking for a quick fix, um, people that aren't willing to be like coachable. Someone actually, so exactly like Ryan said, the reason I'm doing this is morals, right? I know I could sell to these people. I know that we could probably get them in our program, but they're... The problem is, I'm just, I, they're not willing to be helped and I'm just then taking money off them and yeah. they're going to keep on spinning their wheels year, years yeah. for years and years. So someone had actually emailed back and basically said, um, why, why discriminate against people that are looking for a quick fix and uh, ba- like basically aren't willing to get uh, to be coach, coachable because they just want the result? And I was like... Jesus Christ, like I, what, what can I actually do to, right here? If you're not willing to be coachable, then why do you want to coach? The thing is, I was literally, go on. I was just going to say, I was, I was just literally thinking, I was like, I'm actually doing a good thing by saying who this is not for. I'm actively putting people yeah. off, hopefully, yeah. and telling yeah. these people, I don't want to be like mm. coached by you, or I don't want to coach you. The thing is, yeah, I'm still in the wrong. Yeah, the, the thing is, is there's thing, those of you listen, there's things out there, right? We run accelerator challenges, right? Where we don't work on any habits, any behaviors. We literally just chuck you in a big deficit. You drop as much body fit as you can in a shorter amount of time, ta- as much time as you can, and there's no sustainability. But we're very, very, very transparent. Like, this is a quick fix. We're not promising that's going to stay off. We're not promising that you're learning any longevity behind it. And that's okay, but there's the right thing. And I think this is the thing with our one to one coaching is that we understand that, like, this isn't a quick fix. We don't throw you into massive deficit. We're not going to be losing three, four pounds every single week because one, there's no sustainability behind that, but also we're not just focusing on your nutrition. For anyone that follows me on Instagram, you'll have seen an incredible video that I posted yesterday um, or whenever this goes live, it might not be yesterday, but I posted it on Wednesday, the 28th of June, if you want to scroll down. And it was by our lovely client, Heather. And this is what she said. They don't only teach you about fat loss or weight loss. They teach you about mindset, how to increase your confidence, how to build your relationship with food, how to build a relationship with yourself. So you are literally transform your body and mind on every single level and I was like that is why we don't work with people that want quick fixes because that kind of stuff takes time like every client stays with us for an average six to nine months because we have to take our time to not only work on your nutrition but we work on your mindset your relationships with food with the scales with yourself you can't just do that in six weeks six weeks um, like short, short stint, right? Because everything like that takes time. If you're going in hard with your nutrition, well, I can guarantee you that if you're really trying to like work on, you know, you go harder, you go in, the more you rely on motivation and discipline. If you're relying on motivation and discipline, you don't then have the mental capacity to start looking at, to look at working on habits, working on behaviors, working on your sleep, working on your stress management, which is something we're going to talk about today. And then people don't understand that because then you start talking about that and they're like, oh, I don't have time. Like, I'm just trying to focus on this nutrition. You're like, that's exactly why one-to-one coaching isn't for you. If you're looking for a quick fix, just want to drop weight and lose it as quickly possible, then our oh, one-to-one isn't for you. And that, that's just, and that's us, yeah, that's us being honest. Like we could take you one and just try and get you to drop any weight. But ultimately, as soon as you leave after two months, we're going to speak to you in six months time. You're like, yeah, I've piled it all back on. And it's like, well, then that's, we, we've just, you've just lost money. You've just wasted money. Like we've done what you asked, but also, it's like basically us being like, yeah, I want to put a, you know, a, a 
two liter engine in, into your car, right? You, I want to take the old engine out, which is only one. I want to put in a two liter engine, right? And we're like, okay, cool, but it's probably not going to last long. It's going to blow up. I don't care. I want to go fast. You're like, okay. So you do it. I put that two liter engine in your car. You drive really fast, but you feel it to flow. It blows up after two weeks and you have to put that one liter engine back in. Well, you've just lost money that paying me to do that job. I told you it wasn't going to work for you long term, but you didn't care because you wanted the short term gratification. And you're like, who's in the wrong? Well, it's not my fault. I just did what you asked me. You paid me the money. I did my job. But that's not, there's no longevity to that. And I think when it comes to weight loss on our bodies, we shouldn't be thinking like that, like this short term fix, because ultimately that's exactly what's led you to be where you are. It's just doing the same thing over and over again. But we digress. Let's start talking because we're about 11 minutes in now. So today's podcast team is all about stress management. Um, I was saying to Hayden before, this is something that's come up so many, so many times in check-ins and things like that. When it comes to life, we are very, very stressed nowadays. And stress plays a part in everyone's life on a multitude of different levels, whether it's work stress, business stress, family stress, all these different things, health stress. And the thing that we don't have is any way to manage that stress. And that stress comes out in different habits and behaviours. It comes out in different ways. I maybe short spurts or maybe some of us bottle it all up and then eventually we have a big outburst, right? And one thing I've noticed, the more we've worked on stress management tools, the better results that my clients have got and the better that they are to handle other situations because they're not ready to boil over and string a cat up. Is that like what you do when you stress? Isn't it like string a cat up or something? There's some sort of saying. Just bear with me on that one. Um stress is paramount yeah stress is paramount in everyone's life right and the issue when it comes to weight loss and when it comes to where you are now is that the majority of you listen to this will be like what happens when you're stressed you're like i eat and you're like okay cool so in short what that means is that your stress management tool is food you're stressed you're in a not a great place you know you're you're your stress of work, you're kind of like thinking about what your boss said and email you got and you need something to relax you, you turn to food because it gives you that feel good feeling. The issue is, is that obviously you do that multiple times a day across the week, it adds up calorie wise and that's what quite often can be some people's cause as to why they are where they are because food is this emotional crutch, whether it's stress or emotions, this is what happens. Now, emotions are slightly different. Stress is something that we can do with regards to mitigating it and look at handling it a better way and not just using food, just as kind of precursor for this. Um, so with regards to stress, stress is a lot of the time, I think, unavoidable, isn't it, Hayden? Like everyone's going to have stress in life. You can't avoid the stress, I think. But there are some times we can. And there's two things I always say to my clients. I'm like, when it comes to everything in life, you can't often control what happens externally, but what you can control always is your reaction to it and your emotions to it, okay? Sometimes not your emotions because sometimes that can become from trauma and past experience, but within reason, it can be worked on for you to have the um, ability to control the way that you react, right? We can't control that, you know, when... Uh, you got a bad email at work. You can't control that your kid took a pen and drew all over the wall. You can't control that, unfortunately, your dog got ill and it might pass away in a couple of weeks. We can't control those things, right? For the most part, right? That outside of our control. We can do our best to try and have an influence in the outcome, get medication for the dog, teach our kid not to draw on that. Obviously, the email... You can block the work co-worker if you don't want to have an email from him. I mean, that's quite an easy way. But that ultimately, again, you're only trying to like help the situation. You can't 100% control it. But what you can is your reaction to it. You get that annoying email from that co-worker. Well, okay, it may be annoying, but you could actually probably just 
maybe relax, take a little breather, send a relatively okay, calm email back. Kid draws on the wall. Well, what we can do is clean the wall. We can teach the kid that it's something that we don't want to do, but it's okay because kids make those issues. With regards to the dog, yes, it's sad, but maybe the dog's lived a good life and we actually have to celebrate the life of the dog rather than be upset and live in regards to thinking about what we're going to miss with them not being around. And they're two very different thought processes. Is this making sense, Hayden? Yeah. Yeah. So first things first, when it comes to stress, you always have the ability to control your response to the external environment, right? And the issue when it comes to obviously food and nutrition is that your reaction obviously to that is you use food as an emotional crutch. So if we can't control the stress from happening, we can control our way to react it. Now, this is where we also then want to not only don't try and change the stress because sometimes that's not ability our ability to we don't have the ability to do that but what we can do is control the how we react and what we do at the moment what most of us do is we react with food we get stressed and we react with food now what we want to do is look at different ways to manage this stress but okay one simple thing that you can do is look at having another way of actually managing your stress and reducing your stress that you are experiencing. So as I just said first, stress is common, right? Everyone can experience stress. We can't really do much about it. Some things we can, but ultimately what we want to do is first off, think about the stress and think about how we can react to it, right? Maybe we can control the stress from happening, but can we control the way that we react to the stress? If we can control what happened with the stress? Okay, what can I control? What's in within my ability to control this not happening? Maybe I remember to leave the pens higher up so the kid can't grab them and draw on the wall. Okay, maybe I need to um, tell someone higher up about this e sh this crappy email that I got from a coworker, right? So maybe that they, they if they have issues, they email someone higher, not email it to you and make it your problem, right? So if you can make a, a little bit of a decision in the moment to change the outcome then that's where you want to look at first. Because ultimately, if you can try and mitigate the stress, maybe not eradicate it, but lower the stress that's going to come your way. Okay, cool. Now, the other issue is obviously the stress is paramount. We're rushing around days. We're cramming everything in. We don't have time. How many times does everyone say, don't have time, don't have time, right? But then we look at, you know, you, you take a little, this is something that you should do, kind of a tangent, but we're going to come back here. Do a time audit of your day. If you ever think you don't have time, have a look at your time and write it down on a piece of paper in 30 minute concessions and have a little look about where you waste time. Because I guarantee you can find an hour, <clears throat> if not probably two hours that you waste that are actually unaccounted for. You do always have time. Now, when it comes to stress, the issue with stress, okay, if we can't actually eradicate it, can we mitigate it and lower the impact that it has on us, right? Because ultimately it's then going to hopefully lower our response to it. Not only the issue with that is that we then obviously turn to food. The other problem with stress is that it actually has a physiological response on us, right? So when it comes to stress, when we are stressed, we have a cortisol called, uh, cortisol called hormone, a hormone called cortisol, which gets elevated, right? The issue with that is that then fourfold has an issue on you because not only does it make you make irrational decisions, right? We then suddenly have a little bit of irrational decision. Your face is very stressful. We're less likely to make a good decision when cortisol is high because we're on high alert. Second thing is we retain water. When cortisol is present, it blocks a certain receptor which allows water balance to happen, right? So ultimately, you then gain water. So if you had a stressful few days, Hayden will tell you how many times we had a client check in. They're like, <clears throat> my weight's gone up. I don't know why. I've done everything that I should be doing right. And then you look at their check-in form and they're like, I was so stressed the past two days. I had a deadline at work and I've been working late. So you're going to retain water. 
When you're stressed, you're also going to have it impact your sleep. So you're not going to sleep as well. You're going to find most of the time you're going to go to bed and you're going to be tired. As soon as you get into bed, what happens? You are wide awake. You're wired, right? You could probably go do that whole presentation that you took all day to do. You could probably go do it again now. You've got enough energy. But what that also has is you wake up in your sleep as well. High levels of stress can cause you to wake up in the middle of the night, right? You wake up in the middle of the night, we're stressed. If we're not having good sleep, it leads to cravings the next day. So you're going to have issues with your hunger. So we're talking about you're going to struggle to make good decisions around food. Your weight's going to be up on the scales, which is going to impact you mentally because you're going to be annoyed that you've done all the good work, but you haven't um, seen the results on the scales. You're going to have rubbish sleep because obviously you're going to be wired before bed. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night that's going to cause more stress. And you're then therefore going to be not regenerated, not replenished, ready for the next day. And then you're going to obviously have high levels of cravings. And this is this cascade effect that I argue 90% of the population are in. We struggle to make decisions around food. The scales are all over the place. We're constantly craving, constantly hungry. And it is because you don't have relevant stress management tools in place. Is there anything you want to add there, Hayden? Yeah, sorry. I thought you were kind of just like off on one. I just let you. No, uh, no, no, no. But I didn't know if you want to say anything. So I was like, he doesn't open his mouth to like be like, actually, watch your hair. Yeah, the thing is, it's like... Stress it, and I think this is where, especially from the people that I spoke to who are like dealing with stress and stuff like that, you they place so much focus into the stress element of it. And it's like, just like you've said on numerous occasions, it's like it's inevitable, stress is going to happen, and that's fine. But people are now just using it like stress as an excuse of like, I'm going to overeat because I'm stressed. Mm. And it's like, there's actually things that you can easily like, because stress is inevitable, stress is going to happen. Like it happens. If you're fortunate to not have much stress in your life, amazing. Then you probably don't have much of an emotional attachment to food with it. But you know, for the most part of us, all of us do have an emotional reaction to um, stress and you know some use like I said food as the food as the example but it doesn't matter what angle you take it from the first thing that you need to be able to do is actually have some system in place to be able to help you manage the stress better I in particular you know if a client says to me I use food as my stress tool management like I said I, I'm not necessarily going to try and stop them from eating or stuff like that like it's that's not that's, there's so many different situations that you can go down with this and there's so many different like tools that you can use but it's exactly like you said it's like the stress has happened the stress is there what can you do within your ability to manage that stress better and then it's just from there of a case of trial and error yeah there's so many things that i've tried for my clients that have worked well so many things that we've tried and it's not actually helped at all but i ultimately say to all my clients at the bottom line it's like right Stress doesn't cause you to gain body fat, but the byproduct of stress may actually, those actions may make your fat loss journey harder. So I'm like, bottom line, rule one I run. Remember, you could be the most stressed person in the world, but if you were still in a calorie deficit, you will still lose body fat. Yeah. So I always bring that to like my clients' attentions first. I always say, remember rule one I won is the deficit. Mm -hmm. So Let's have a look at what your current actions are right now with the stress. Is it putting you in a surplus? Is it putting you above your calories? If yes, okay, that's the intervention we need to put in place there to help you not do that. However, for some of my clients, um, I've got one client in particular that I'm thinking like straight off the top of my head, right? So she is stress, stressed, super stressed with a lot going on um, 
understandably. And she goes in waves where one day with her stress, she's so stressed that she can't think of anything else and she actually doesn't eat. But then the next day, because of her not eating all day, the stress is still there. It then um, exacerbates the hunger. Her hunger then goes through the roof and then she wants to eat. But I said to her in, in general, I was like, not that this is a good thing that you're going through days where you're eating next to nothing. And then the next day you're like, 2000 calories heavier but i said you're con- the even the amount of stress that you've got in your life at the moment if we look at the data and remember data being absolutely everything if we look at the data your measurements are still going down you're yeah. still losing body fat like from a fat loss perspective yes it's maybe not the most ideal scenario that you're going through these massive waves but for you achieving your goal like you're still very much on track with that yeah. but what we want to do is manage your stress better in a way where actually you can be more consistent because mm. you can, again, for anyone that's been like super stressed and maybe you have it, lost like a ton of weight, it's still not fun. It's still yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. Because it's like, if you can manage, like you're still making progress when you're really stressed. Imagine if you had three quarters of stress that you have now, imagine the progress that you then make, right? And, exactly. and you're, yeah. so, you're so, you're so, 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 so right. Is that a lot of people think that because I'm stressed, I can't lose weight, right? Stress is it's high levels of cortisol that stop me from losing weight. So it's not, you could be the most stressed person in the world. If you're eating in a calorie deficit, it won't stop you losing body fat. But what it will do is make that journey a lot harder because it's going to make your ability to adhere to your nutrition harder, scales, cravings, sleep, these things and decisions around food are all going to be impacted, which is going to cause you to overeat. Stress and things like that don't directly cause you to not lose body fat, but it's the indirect implications that high levels of stress in life can have on you as an individual that can stop you losing body fat and even cause some people to actually put it on. You hear many people go into these high stress, high environment Um, high level environments when they actually end up like I've just changed jobs and like I still think you know my job has just impacted me to cause a lot of gain weight because it's high stress and it's like well stress not directly but indirectly yes and you're so right and this is worth knowing right stress is important Jesus stress is important in regards to you need to have stress in your life because obviously stress basically from a physiological standpoint prepares you for something that is going to happen right Previously, obviously, evolutionary-wise, stress is there because it needs to prepare you for if a lion's going to attack you. It releases, obviously, um, adrenaline, gets you heightened, gets you on high alert, ready to that. You know, it takes blood away from things like the digestive system and puts them into areas that it needs to go so that you then can be ready to, you know, mess shit up on on the on the quick. Yeah, on the on the quick response, right? But the problem is nowadays is that we have so many different types of stress. We have stress from work. We have stress because, like I said, the kid drew. We have stress because, I don't know if anyone saw it, but Hayden's dog managed to get a knife and was running around the garden with a knife in his mouth. That's stressful, right? I know that Hayden's other half must have been high levels of stress right there. But what her body doesn't know and what everyone's body doesn't know is the difference between there's a line coming in or the difference because you're stressed because you forgot to order your favourite vegetables on your shopping list right the thing is the body still reacts exactly the same physiologically 
Okay, but the thing is, is that quite often in life, we just maintain these high levels of stress because we have no appropriate management. And the only management you have is food. The thing is, is that when we use food as a stress management tool, it is a double edged sword. Yes, at least you have a management tool to reduce your stress. The problem is it has the opposite effect because you then actually being more stressed because we all know that what happens when we eat and we're stressed. We then follow up with a side platter of guilt, a slide platter of self-loathing, and we end up going to bed feeling even worse crap about ourselves and we wish we hadn't done it what happens well stress goes up because now we're stressed because we've now messed up our diet we've messed up our day and it almost then just has the total opposite effect as to what you originally wanted it to do so we've kind of covered there a lot about and hey went some good detail about gone yeah so i just want to add in there as well like this is one thing in particular that i would really um tackle a client that i was just talking about then beforehand because Typically, so she's always, like everyone in this world, has always gone through like bouts of stress where it goes higher and lower. Um, but one of the biggest things as well that actually has like a tremendous effect is actually what your current diet psychology is all around. Because say, for example, if your diet psychology, which the majority of people, literally like 80 probably percent of the population is, you're putting yourself in these two categories. You're either good or bad, on plan, off plan. So when you're being good, your stress is low. You are eating all things that you deem to be good. As soon as stress goes high, you then eat something that you deem to be bad because it's almost like your. This is your current um, model. This is your current uh, coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. You eat a quote unquote bad food, but your psychology has told you you've now eaten something bad. You're now off plan, and because you're off plan, there's no point continuing. And this yeah. is where then weight gain happens because you're now not doing the things that you knew were making you successful beforehand. You're now eating in excess, which is putting you in a surplus, which is why um, weight gain is occurring. So I was saying this to my client as well beforehand. And I was saying that if we can actually change your diet psychology right as well alongside this, I was like, it's going to make everything so much easier because previously what was what was essentially happening is when she was having these like low and high days of like calories, Previously, when she was having the high days, she was like, okay, well, I've eaten, what, well, at the time, what she thought, she was like, I've eaten a, wa- a, a waffle for breakfast because she was like, I'm so stressed, I can't think about it cooking anything. I'm going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to go to a cafe. She has then waffles for breakfast. And she's now that first meal, that first calorie that touched her lips for the day, she's now deemed herself as being off plan and eating bad food. So because she's done that, she, her psychology has been like, well, you know, you're off plan for the day, now we'll just eat. And then she just eats and eats and eats and her calories like go skyrocket. So it's also really important to understand where your current diet psychology is. Like I, I feel like this is kind of like the linchpin to everything for most people. And I feel where people get stuck so much, and I guess this is this is for a whole separate podcast episode, like this topic, but I feel so many people get so stuck because they are currently categorizing themselves as good or bad, on plan or off plan. And whenever something happens that puts you into the camp of off plan, well, you stop doing the things that made you successful or going to make you successful, hence why you experience body fat gain. You get frustrated, you get caught up in the dieting loop. I feel like, you know, a lot of a lot of the things experienced can be just solved through like improving your diet psychology. Yeah. 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 You, you are not wrong, Mr. Hayden Ralph. And the thing about everything is, is how many times 
you're probably sitting there now being like, yeah, I'm super stressed. And like, what's one of the biggest struggles? You know, I always ask women whenever we're jumping on a call with them or they mess me in the inbox and we're having a conversation. I'm like, what's, one of, what's the biggest struggle right now stopping you to reach your goal? They're like stressed. I'm just super stressed all the time. And I'm like, okay, cool. Have you ever sat down? And this is one thing, whenever you kind of, a lot of people were like, I did a, a, a reel on Instagram about like uh, not addressing the problem, addressing the cause. They were like, well, how do you find out the cause? And I'm like, well, this is where it just, you need to take time to sit, sit and think and bring about awareness. Because so many times when it comes to losing weight, if you actually sat down and thought about your lifestyle, your behaviors, your habits, about your nutrition, about what's maybe what not working for you, you could probably identify it with a little bit of thought. Whoever sits down with a pen and paper and actually starts to have a little look about their lifestyle, about their habits, their behaviors, and thinks, what doesn't suit me right now and what could I change? And this is where it's so often, sometimes it's a lot of your, a lot of things can be beneficial if you just stop and almost did like a life audit. Right, where in my life are things not suiting me in regards to my health and my weight loss? And you're like, okay, oh, it's stress. Right, okay, cool. The thing that everyone gets stuck in is they like, they say it's stress, they know it's stress, but they, they, don't have the relative tools to implement and change it. So like they're like, I'm super stressed, I go grab crisps. So what's the instant answer there? Well, I just don't buy crisps. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that sounds great on the surface, but are you just going to go the rest of your life of not having crisps in the house or ever eating them? Well, no, because the moment that you avoid them, eventually down the line, you're going to want them, right? So I think a lot of the times we... We take the approach that we think is what we should be doing when actually I'd argue it's the opposite, right? Removing things from your nutrition is super duper easy. It's probably the easy way out, I'd argue, right? It's a lot easier to remove something than keep it in the house and then work on your ability to have control around it, right? And ultimately, again, removing it isn't then actually dealing with it. It's always going to be there. This is where people go wrong, right? Super stressed, hey, and all I do is I eat chips or crisps, whatever you want to call them from wherever you're from in the world. And I take them out the, at the kitchen and that's it. Well, the problem is that eventually you're going to buy Chris down the line. And then what happens? Well, you're just going to fall straight back into normal trap because you've never worked on it. So the first thing you want to do is sit down and have a think, right, where in my life is causing me stress? And what is it that I typically do? Okay, the predominance of my, and you know, this is what I want you to do, right? So we're now kind of getting on to how to help yourself. So sit down and think, right, where's my majority of my stress doing? What can I do to alleviate that stress? How can, like I said at the beginning, how can I make it easier, right? What can I do to manage my stress? Can you manage your stress at all? Like, can you like lower the stress levels? Well, not really, it's out of my control. If you're answering out of your control, okay, cool. Then you want to look at, right, what is it you currently do? I know it sounds people like, well, I eat. Well, I eat crisps. Okay, cool. Well, what type of crisps do you eat? Where are the crisps kept? How many crisps do you eat? Is there a certain type of day? What are your feelings around it when you're eating them? What are your feelings about after? The reason as to why you want to do that is because it's bringing about the awareness and the acceptance that it happens. I remember listening to a psychology podcast or a psychologist on a podcast. And she was talking about whenever you want to have behavior change, you have to first bring about awareness. The second thing is acceptance. And this is why I think we go wrong is that we're like, yeah, I get stressed and I eat and I eat crisps. But it's the way you say it. You know, when people say it, they just like shake their head and they say it really fast. And like, oh, I know what to do. Like it just annoys them. So they don't want to talk about it. But I'm like, well, you kind of have some awareness. But I'm like, but what, what time of day? Well, I don't know, maybe evenings. So you've never first really thought into detail about what is it that happens. But then it's also accepting it. The whole time you don't accept it, you can't work on it. And I know it sounds really silly. You're like, well, I know I do it. Like, I've accepted that it's just me. I'm stressed and I overeat. 
but have you accepted it? Like, have you truly been like, okay, cool, look, this is my problem. And you know, you've looked yourself in the mirror and you'd be like, my problem is that I'm super stressed and I come home and I always go for a bag of crisps in the kitchen. And then I end up over consuming another few chocolate bars to make myself feel better from work. Okay, cool. You've just acknowledged it. You've brought awareness about it and you've just accepted it. Now you can make a change, right? Okay, well, let's look at these things. At the moment, food is the crux. So, you know, in that specific example, is it your environment that's not set up well for you? Could you put the crisps at the back of the cupboard? Could you put them lower down so you don't see them? Instead of going into your kitchen, could you maybe be like, right, the kitchen when you first get home from work is out of bounds for an hour, right? You just put some restraint on it. You change it, right? I'm not going to go straight into the kitchen. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go upstairs, get change, and then I'm going to come back downstairs. So you're ultimately changing because you are a product of your environment, right? If the first you do is come and you go into your kitchen, that's always going to happen. So you've got to shift that up right? Okay, cool. Do you move where the crisps are? Do you change the environment? Maybe when you come home, you go straight upstairs instead. You don't walk in straight into the kitchen, right? Ultimately, you then change the environment. You've got ability to change your behaviors. The second thing is not only to think about what it is you do and think practically about what you do, is to ultimately the stress is being managed by food. Okay, well, what is it that you could do that wasn't eating? Think and list down 10 things that you could do that de-stress you. When I'm stressed, i know that I get really peeved off. I'll either one, go to the gym. If I haven't been to the gym, I'm like, I need to go to the gym today. I was going to have a day off, but I'm stressed and it'll do me good. Or I'll go for a walk and I'll put some chilled music on. I know that that relaxes me and I go do that before I have any time. Like I'll just stop what I'm doing and I will just go. And I'm like, right, cool, go. You might not have that ability, but if you work, I know with some of my clients that they work from home or they work away at work. What is it that you could do when you finish work that de-stresses you and removes that work stress? Or when maybe you put the kids to bed because the kids are the stre- main stress, right? What can you do? I personally, I've worked with clients. They've gone outside and thrown a ball around with their dog. When they've got home, the first thing they've done is they've run themselves a bath or they've gone out for a walk in nature with their favorite music on to relax, de-stress and have a switched off mode between work and home. They've worked from home, but they've shut their laptop. What's the first thing they do? They go for a walk. Or they've gone out in the garden and thrown a ball for the dog for 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be crazy and wild. And I think this is where people get confused is they think it has to be some special magic. But I'm like, no, what we're doing is instead of having food to reduce your stress, we're looking at other options. Going for a walk, going for the gym, running a bath, sitting down, reading a book, throwing a ball for your dog, taking your dog for a walk, just playing with your dog in the garden, playing with your dog in the house. Something that is just ultimately going to after work, after you've put the kids to bed, even if you just face a stressful situation in the moment, something that's going to help relax you reduce the stress and that is totally not going to be the normal response that you normally have does that make sense yeah yeah 100 percent. i think um like you just said there or you alluded to slightly is having the awareness is the most important piece about everything is like i know both of us will do exactly the same thing it's like identifying the root cause of like what the stress is first and foremost like and that's going to change from time to time. It might be your boss. It might be your partner. It might be your kids. It, it's always going to change. Or it might be multiple, multiple of them. Identify, well, what is the actual things that you can control? Because there's probably some stresses in your life that you're doing right now that you can probably actually con- control. There was a, so just giving myself an example of that. Like there was a point where, you know, I'd probably... I was, I was on a weekly basis. I was, my stress was building up higher and higher and higher. And I was like, why is this stress happening? And 
The only thing that I could think of that I was doing was I'd started to maybe go out and drink a little bit more, socialising a lot at that moment in time. So I was realising that 99% of my headaches and my stress were actually coming from the fact that I was drinking and the byproduct was I was unproductive for the next like three or four days after that, which was then making me stressed. I wasn't doing the things that I know I should be with my work. So for me, I was like, can I get rid of the thing that's causing 99% of my headaches? Yes, that's in my control. I can stop drinking then. I stopped drinking. Lo and behold, the stress reduces, the stress goes because I'm no longer wasting three or four days that I would after that. So there's definitely going to be some things in your life where you'll be like, okay, the stress I can control, but there's going to be some things like you losing your job. You can't really control that probably to some extent. Okay. But like Ryan said, you can manage what happens after it. Now, the next phase for me is then, well, what is that thing? Like, what is your current actions that you do? And then I always call, so with my clients, I call them like create what if scenarios. If I have stress, if this thing happens, what do I currently do? What can I do instead? It's like, okay, like Ryan said, try and change your environment, go to the gym, go out of the room, do something else. Understand this is no perfect science as well, by the way. Like you may fail, like I don't like using the word fail, but you may, it may not work for you very well. You may actually end up just turning back to food or something like that. And that's okay because it's trial and error. You're trying all of these different things, but it all comes around like every single um, trick and tool and tip that we give you is all geared around the idea of you having awareness in the first place. You must, must, must have that awareness. Otherwise, you can't actually change up your actions, your habits and behaviours. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and and that's the key thing is that whatever you make, like you're not going to suddenly do it all day, like like seven days a week. You might the first week do it two, but it's like, well, that's two more than you did last week. Okay, cool. Next week, can I do three? Ah, damn, I did one. That's okay. Don't give up. Keep going. Oh, actually, then the following week, you went two, you went one, then you did four. And it's like, this is how it'll be. You probably will never just be like seven days, seven days, seven days, seven days. There'll always be a day where it sometimes crops up, right? We all still do it. Like I'd sit in life, I'm like, oh, I'm just super stressed. It's such a stressful week. Get to Friday, I'm like, right, let's just order takeout pizzas. And it's like, do I need to work on my stress management? Well, I'd argue no, because it only happens maybe like once a month. There's a very big difference between something that happens once or twice a month to something that happens every single day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. You can, you know, you'll still find yourself occasionally eating when you're stressed or eating when you're emotional. But it's if you only do it here and there, that's not an issue. It's when you do it repetitively over time and it's obviously then impacting your health because you're gaining weight and you're going over your calories and you're not able to lose the weight you want to lose. That's when it becomes a problem. You know, everyone has stress and that. But it is going to be beneficial for you long term to think about what we've just spoken about there. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything or kind of I was just going to recap. Yeah, no, you you get your recap on. I think we're I think we're good. Yeah. So with regards to stress, it is totally normal. It's important. It's a bodily response, right? We need to have uh, that response when it comes to stress. Stress is totally normal in life. We have it. What we need to do is bring about awareness, and acceptance of the way that we deal with stress because it probably isn't suiting us, right? Have a think about what it is that you do when you are stressed. Write it down. Note it. Is it in your control to change? Like Hayden said with his drinking. Okay, drinking was causing it. Stop drinking, right? Is it that you can make a change with regards to where the stress is coming from to reduce it or completely eradicate it? If not, okay, cool. Well, still, either way, we want to look at the response to it. 
ultimately understand that whenever you do make a change in regards to your response to stress, it isn't going to happen first time. It's going to take trial and error. The first time you're like, right, I'm going to try and go for a walk. And you're like, yeah, it didn't happen. As soon as the weather was crap, I didn't want to go. Okay, cool. With the weather's crap, what can you do? Maybe you go for a bath. Maybe you sit and read your book for 10 minutes. Maybe you go to do something, right? Whatever it might be, right? It's all personal preference in regards to what it is. Have a little go at something, see if it works, see if it fits for you. If it doesn't, no worries, not going to be perfect, right? Trial and error, but not only just keep chopping and changing, right? That didn't work because you failed it for two days. It's like, keep going with it. Understand that you're going to make mistakes along the way, but you can change it. Ultimately, understand also the impact of stress, right? If you are stressed in life, it is going to be impacting your sleep. It is going to be impacting your weight. It is going to impact your cravings. Is it directly going to stop you losing body fat? No, but it's going to indirectly stop you because it's going to cause all those things to be not where you want them and ultimately be a presentable case as to why you might be over consuming on calories from there. And the last thing that if you are stressing, you're struggling to deal with it is join our frictionless fat loss group. Second plug. Because <laughs> um, that will help you because we'll give you loads of tips exactly like this. Weekly topics, weekly posts, week- or daily posts, weekly lives, all inside there. Drop us the word friction is fat loss if you want to join. But apart from that, I hope you enjoyed that little one about stress. I think it's really important. Hopefully it gives you an idea a bit more about stress, how it impacts you, you notice stress, and how you can start to implement some changes long term to really start to work on creating some longevity in your weight loss. Love that. Good, good, uh, good roundup. Awesome. Well, team, been a pleasure as I always say, never chore. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, see you next week. Take it easy. Ciao, ciao.